Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week. I'm Amelia, and Kylie is out sick today, so I'll be pinch hitting for her on this interview. But I am joined by our Woman of the Week, Erica Kruger, VP of Supply Chain and Sustainability at Wildcam US and the incoming marketing chair for our Women in Chemicals Board of Director for 2023. Thank you for joining us today, Erica. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited for your interview. Today's episode is sponsored by ChemDesign. ChemDesign is a proud supporter of Women in Chemicals. ChemDesign is a premium chemical tool manufacturer of agricultural, specialty, and fine chemicals committed to diversity and inclusion in the workplace. From their ISO 9000 and ChemSteward certified facility in Marionette, Wisconsin, customers have been fulfilling their outsourced manufacturing goals through process optimization, innovation, and collaboration. With the highest commitment to quality and operational standards, their technical staff will make chemistry work for you. All right, so perfect. So Erica, I would love to just start out this interview um, with having you introduce yourself to our community, tell everybody about your background and how you got into your current role at Wildchem. Sure. Um, so like Amelia said, my name is Erica Kruger. Um, I have a bachelor's in chemistry and a master's in business administration from the University of South Carolina. When I first started at Wildcam US, I started as an intern in the process development lab. And then shortly after, um, I was hired on full time to continue working in the lab. Um, so after a couple of years in the lab, I then moved over to a customer satisfaction role, um, which mostly focused on customer communications, marketing communications, and customer audits. And then from there, I added on account management as well um, as a part of our sales team. Then after a few years in sales, I made a sideways jump over to project management. Um, I did that for a few years and then starting at the beginning of 2022, I became responsible for project management, supply chain and sustainability for our site in Elgin, South Carolina. Awesome, awesome. Okay, I have a couple follow-up questions from here. Okay. So how did you make the jump from the lab into this more commercial role, customer satisfaction? Um, how did you know you wanted to do that? Um, and can you just kind of talk about that process? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, within my first few weeks of starting in the lab, I knew right away that bench chemistry was not what I wanted to do long term. So I made my career goals very clear to Wildchem so they knew what my objectives were for the future. Um, luckily, I think they saw something in me that they liked. Um, so they actually helped with that transition, moving me over to more of the commercial side of the business. That's and then awesome. throughout that transition is when I started my MBA. Okay. Yeah. This resonates really deeply with me because I was also a chemistry major and I worked in a lab in college and basically within like six months, I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Um, and finding my way into the commercial chemistry chemical industry was really a product of just feeling like there's, there's no way I could do this long-term. Um, and that's great. So what was the approximate timing of you working in the lab to transitioning more to the commercial side? 
Um, I would say that there was probably about a six to 12 month buffer time. I did take a stepping stone role in between my process development role and the customer satisfaction role, which primarily focused on communication between the lab and the sales team, um, understanding what the sales team needed for new products that we were bringing into our pipeline and what type of R&D needed to be done on those projects that we were working on. Um, so about for six to 12 months, I did that. And then that's when I fully moved over to the commercial team. That's awesome. That speaking just from, I sit in product management now and trying to connect the dots between what is commercially available and what our customer needs and specifications. I know it can be a really tough, but really important job. So it's cool that you got that experience so early in your career. Um, so just another basically add-on question about your experience transitioning. Can you talk to some of the barriers you faced um, during this transition and how you overcame them? And if you did, how you leveraged the skills you acquired as a chemist during this period? and how you decided it was the right time to go back to your MBA. So really the walk us through this process. Sure, yeah. So I would say it was a relatively smooth transition going from the technical role over to the commercial side of the business. I think having a technical background and understanding those conversations that are taking place um, is great for that natural transition. Um, I would say the biggest transition I've had at Wellchem so far was moving from the project management side of things over into supply chain. Um, it did turn out to be a little bit of a smoother transition than I thought. Um, and that's not what I would have imagined considering we were right in the middle of that pandemic. Um, but my view of that is, you know, supply chain's upside down anyways. So I can't screw it up any more than it's already messed up, right? <laughs> so um, that made things a little bit less stressful for me with that big transition. Um, and of course, I've had a very supportive boss throughout all of this. He's been really great and he's always willing to jump in and help where needed. Um, and of course, having that technical background with the chemicals um, has helped a lot with supply chain because I think it's hard to quote out and buy chemicals when you don't know too much about them. Um, so that made for an easier transition for me there. Um, a couple barriers with the transition. Um, a lot of long hours, right? So you're coming into a role where globally there's a lot of issues. Um, so I spent a lot of long hours trying to figure out, um, you know, what is Wellchem doing with supply chain? What are the roadblocks that we're seeing globally and at Wellchem in general? Who are my team members? Where are their strengths? Where can I leverage them more? Um, so it was a huge learning curve for me there. And then going back for my MBA, um, I think I always knew that this was something that I wanted to do um, just to help me with the progression through my career. Um, so Wildcam offers a tuition reimbursement program. So I knew that that was something I wanted to take advantage of relatively early in my career. Um, so like I said, when I knew that bench work was not for me, I decided it was time to take that next step. Wow. Okay. I have so many follow-up questions. I didn't realize you went into supply chain during what was the biggest supply chain crisis in, of all time. 
Yeah. So it was an interesting time to make that jump. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. You probably were like, please take me back to the lab. This is so stressful. Um, I myself moved into products. So I was more visible to supply chain during that time as well. And I was like, what is going on on a daily basis? Um, what were the biggest takeaways you feel like you took from that that have helped you moving forward? You know, what I tell myself on a daily basis is this is the worst it's ever going to be. This is the hardest it's ever going to be for me. So coming in and learning it at this non-ideal time is probably a good way to learn the ins and outs of supply chain. I mean, honestly, um, so I just keep telling myself there's a light at the end of the tunnel, even if uh, we're not seeing solutions at the ports or solutions with international purchasing. Um, it can't get any worse. Definitely. I always think about like, I have had so much experience at this point, problem solving and having really, really difficult conversations that I feel like I can deal with anything now. Like any problem that arises, I'm like, oh, that's nothing comparatively. So I feel like that was one benefit of that entire situation. Um, and then I just wanted to follow up also on your MBA experience. So while Kim, you mentioned offered tuition reimbursement, that's huge. Um, in terms of timing, did you do it in two, three years? How did you manage like work? family, being a student, how did you handle all that? I just did it. And I look back on it. I can't even explain. I'm like, you just have no headspace, but I would love to hear kind of how you manage that. Yep. So I started with the MBA program in 2016. Um, so University of South Carolina, they have a couple of different MBA programs, but the one I ended up going with what's called the professional MBA program. So it's specifically catered to people who work full time. Um, so all of the classes are at night. So typically six to nine at night, and then they would do Saturday classes as well. Um, so that way you didn't really have any of those conflicts um, with your work schedule. Um, it took me two years to finish the program. Um, and so I did it at a time where I was not married. I didn't have any kids. So it was very ideal timing for me. Um, but that's not to say that if you're married or you have kids, it's not possible. It's very possible. Um, I think you just have to have the right mindset and be able to put a time that side to get through a program like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I also did something similar. I did what NYU calls executive MBA, but again, two years for people that are fully employed. And my thought process around timing was really like, I have nobody else to worry about besides myself right now. So this is just like the best time to get it done. So very similar kind of thought process. Um, I want to ask you this question from a slightly different lens, because you mentioned your family, and obviously, you've had a really impressive career path so far. So how have you managed maintaining your family life and all the obligations that come with that um, and your career? And what changes do you think the chemical industry needs to make to empower women to develop professionally and uh, meet their family obligations? Right, absolutely. So um, I'd say that I have such an amazing family that has helped me throughout this whole journey. Um, and especially 
and he is the absolute best dad I could have ever imagined for my kids. Um, he's never questioned when I've had to take that time aside to do things related to my career. He's just been so supportive with it all. Um, so I think, you know, without him, it would have been very hard to get to this point. Um, his support means everything to me. Um, I would also say I'm very blessed to have had the managers that I've had at Wacom. Um, they've all been very family oriented and they understand that schedules need to adjust once you take that step into starting a family and having kids. Um, so they've always been very flexible with me with those personal matters, whether I need to work from home or if I'm in and out of the office, um, they've never had any issue with that. So that's been really great. But having a full-time job and trying to raise kids is also a challenge. Um, I do think that the United States is a little bit behind the times when it comes to things like maternity, paternity, and family leave, um, especially compared to other countries. Um, so I think that the industry should really consider what they could do to better support women and grown families during those times um, that are very delicate to women, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. I've worked at a number of companies, four companies in my career, and one of the companies that I worked at did not even have a maternity leave policy. Um, they required everybody to take disability, which I think is just absolutely crazy that we like live in the biggest economy in the world. And we still have companies that like consider pregnancy, um, a disability. So resonates yeah. really deeply and hope to see some of the industry leaders kind of really step up with offering benefits that we see industry leaders in other industries like tech, um, offering. So offline, you mentioned the importance of mentorship. Um, and I kind of just want to touch on this. I think it's really important. So I want to just ask kind of your advice. What did you consider when finding a mentor? What was the process you used for finding mentors? And what were your biggest takeaways? Any advice from your experiences? Sure. Yeah. So when I look for a mentor, I want somebody that can challenge me to think outside the box, even if it's not necessarily specific to technical topics. So in my opinion, a mentor does not need to be limited to somebody who has a wealth of experience in a, a certain area, whether it be chemistry or engineering or um, even commercial roles. Um, I actually find it more beneficial to find a mentor who can lead by example with soft skills um, show you how to manage difficult situations, how to overcome roadblocks, and really how to lead people by influence. Because I think those are some of the skills that you learn on the job rather than being taught in school. Um, so my advice is it doesn't really have to be a formal process. I think you just need to find somebody that you admire and start learning from that person. And a mentor doesn't always need to be somebody that you agree with 100% of the time. Um, sometimes mentors that you find yourself having a difference of opinion with are often great because it can teach you how to manage conflict and open your mind as to how you might handle things a little bit differently than that person you're calling your mentor is doing. Um, so I think that a lot can be said about finding somebody similar to you, but finding somebody very different from you. So this resonates so deeply with me. And especially this week, I actually had a dinner with a mentor on Tuesday night. And my favorite thing about him is that he gives me, oh, I love your cup, women and chemicals. <laughs> awesome. He gives me the 
like advice and feedback that I don't want to hear. I always call it like hard truth. Um, because it's like even a little bit hurtful sometimes because it's just so honest, but it is what it's what nobody else will say to me. Um, and I always leave feeling a little bit defeated and I have to remind myself like he wouldn't be giving me this feedback if he didn't care about me and didn't want me to grow. Um, and we do have very different opinions, even like on how things should run, but it's just a completely different viewpoint. And I think it's so important because I think a lot of times, especially in professional settings, we get stuck in these echo chambers or we're used to working with people or we enjoy working with people who think very similar to us. Um, so finding those other viewpoints is just so important to help question our assumptions. I agree a hundred percent. I'll say the executive team here at Wellchem, we all think so differently, but I think that's a huge asset because we balance each other out and challenge each other on a daily basis. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so just to follow up on that, what was one of the best pieces of advice you received from a manager or mentor? Um, I don't know if you can think of one off the top of your head, but... Yeah, so plain and simple, the advice that always resonates with me is learn to say no. Um, I can't even explain how many managers have told me that in the past. And I'd say early in my career, I was very much a people pleaser and would do anything that anyone asked, even if it fell completely outside of my job duties or even the department in general that I was a part of. I remember one of my managers came in my office one day and his arms were just flying in the air. Like Erica, when are you going to learn how to say no to people? <laughs> and that just has always stuck with me through my career. It really hit home because I knew he was saying that with the best of intentions. Um, stop stretching yourself thin. put the appropriate boundaries in place. That's the message that I got from him that day. Um, so I've always carried that with me. That's such a simple but great piece of advice. And I think everybody should probably be better about that. <laughs> um, all right, perfect. So I want to touch on your um, kind of your role with sustainability and just get some of your thoughts on that. I know even the first time we talked when we were discussing you joining our board of directors, uh, one of the points you brought up is like, what is women in chemicals doing about sustainability? And I was really excited about that because honestly, like we are so much in our infancy. It was something we had never thought about, but it is something that all of us need to be focused on. Um, so we'd just love to understand that as the industry continues to invest and focus on sustainability, what are you most hopeful about and excites you the most? And what do you think will be the biggest challenges for the industry? Yep. So I'm so excited to see the industry come together for a greater good. I think that the chemical industry can make such a tremendous impact when it comes to sustainability, especially if we focus on carbon emissions, waste generation, and then the development of new sustainable products. Um, so I'm very interested to see what the different chemical companies come up with. And I think it'd be really cool if it's led by some strong women in the industry. I think that'd be great. And then as far as women in chemicals go, you guys are positioned um, so uniquely because of the efforts you're making, it corresponds directly with 
the UN Sustainable Development Goals um, with diversity, gender equality, um, things of that nature. Um, so I'm excited to bring that to Women in Chemicals and help launch that initiative. Definitely. Um, so I totally agree. I think the chemical industry can have such a huge impact. And a question that I keep coming back to, and this is probably just a complete lack of education on my part, is, you know, we see these huge petrochemical manufacturers making really big commitments to carbon footprint um, and that type of thing. And I love it. It's ambitious. Do you think it's reasonable to think that some of the biggest petrochemical manufacturers in the world are going to be carbon zero by 2050 or, you know, whatever some of these pledges are? Um, and how can we each individually in our companies kind of help push the ball forward? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's definitely reasonable. Um, but a lot of it's going to come down to how much money are they willing to invest to make these things happen? And a lot of stuff that I'm seeing here on LinkedIn lately, um, it's a lot of collaborations between some big chemical companies for the different technologies that they could utilize to help with getting to that net zero target. Um, I saw one here recently, I believe it was um, Sabig, BASF, um, and Lindy um, were working on some pretty unique things. Um, so I think if the chemical industry, again, comes together and shares the different technologies that they're working on, um, it's going to be beneficial all around and it's going to help us reach those targets. Definitely. Yeah, I've seen a, a couple of these collaborations and I think it's really cool to see some of these industry leaders coming together for a common goal of just making our world a better place. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so as we wrap up, we kind of just like to open the floor to you for any advice, recommendations, mottos, mantras, book, podcast, anything that you think could be valuable to our community. Sure, yep. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about what I can say to young women starting their careers in the industry. And I think um, the biggest thing is never stop learning. Um, I don't care how many degrees you have, never give up on learning. I think ultimately you're never going to know everything, but you're always going to have those appropriate resources to get the answers that you need. And I think if you pair that with the right work ethic and the right attitude, you're creating a very dangerously successful combination. Um, so, um, and there's a couple books that I've been passed down for managers, a couple that I've read through my MBA program. I think all of them are great and I'd be happy to send you guys um, some of the titles to those, um, but I would say books can't replace experience. Um, books and experience experiences have two very different ways of preparing you um, for careers and, you know, the relationships that you're going to build with people. Um, so I think the longer you're in the industry and the more you experience it, the better you're going to be there. Um, and then last, I just wanted to, um, you know, give Women in Chemicals a big thank you. Um, First and foremost, I think Women in Chemicals is doing an absolutely amazing thing. And I think the evolution of the company that you and Kylie have created over such a short period of time is really inspiring. Um, so I think that says a lot about you guys. Um, so I'm Thank very you. excited to see your journey moving forward. And then I also wanted to say a big thank you um, 
for picking me to be Woman of the Week and then also letting me be on the board of directors for Women in Chemicals. Um, so I'm very excited to see where that takes us. Um, and I can't wait to start. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I'm just so happy that you raised your hand. Um, and I think it's also just like a huge learning experience. Like if you want something, raise your hand, say you want it, ask for it. Um, and I'm so grateful that you're going to be on our board and I'm glad we got to introduce you to our community today. And I look forward to having them get to know you better, having you more involved and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Awesome.